0: Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and they grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So, wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Hey, I want to say before I get started, though, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, we had a great thing that we wanted to honor and tip our hat to. So it's Veterans Day. Veterans Day is always a time when we think about the precious men and women. While you're getting ahead of me, go ahead. Because I'm going to have our uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, uh, National Guard. These folks stand. If you're here, if you're watching online, stand in your room right now. And can we just honor these folks? There they are. Come on. Yay. Thank you guys so much. Praise God. We never a Community of Hope want to get that, uh, move past that without taking a moment of pause and honoring there. And I'm going to take a moment of personal privilege because um, yesterday we had a cool thing happen in my family. And I want to say I got permission for this because if I didn't tell you, you got permission, some of you would get mad at me later. I know how you are and we're all a little rattled right now. But um, yesterday my mom celebrated her 91st birthday and I want to show you. There we are. There she is, right there. Uh, we w- went up to Martin County and took her to lunch, and I told her she. I said, now "I'm going to tell everybody how old you are," and she said, "It's okay to do that." <laughs> so, which is great. So, I love my mama, and so just wanted to celebrate that. Hey, um, hard to believe that we are 12 days from Thanksgiving, right? And in some ways, doesn't it feel like this this year? Right? Where like where did it go? Like all of a sudden, here we are, like we're uh, at Thanksgiving. And, um, and so uh, earlier this year, I guess, a little while back, uh, we were in our teaching team and we get together on a Zoom call or in person when we can. Uh, and we were working on some stuff and we saw an opportunity because um, we thought, um, you know, this year has been so weird, so crazy, And we said, um, you know, we all get to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but Thanksgiving a little bit is a sort of a culturally mandated opportunity to pause and give thanks. And I I think it's right. I think we should, but sometimes we just do a drive-by from that. We just sort of drive by this sort of what we do, this sort of thing. But we saw embedded in this uh, this year, a a unique opportunity uh, because the writers of scripture tell us that gratitude's not great only for when things are going well but when things are not going well and we thought that is this year and so we thought okay let's lean into this and um press it from a deeper standpoint not just from a cultural standpoint let's let's look at what god's word says to us about gratitude and do some learning in this and i'm i'm a student myself and so i thought this would be a great uh, time to do this, and so I want to encourage you, if you have your app or your Bible or your notes or whatever, I want to dive in. We are in a series, we're calling it the Attitude of Gratitude, and we are in week two uh, of our series, and uh, if you are with us, last week we used the Apostle Paul's classic observation he shared with the churches in Colossae. Uh, when he said this. And, And I'm going to put it on the screen. We're going to read it out loud together. So you guys will be muffled, but I'm going to sound great, all right? So Colossians 3, let's read it out loud. Ready, go. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is sort of like the, this is like the verse, kind of in the New Testament about the subject, the idea, the concept of gratitude. And uh, if you are with us last week, now, I love, I love my, you know, Trevor calls me his pastor. I call him my pastor, right, because we were in that role. And last week, my pastor shared with you in, uh, around this, and, and I hope he did as good a job uh, at our West Campus, as I did at the East Campus, because I lit it on fire last week <laughs> at the East Campus. I just want everybody to know that. And, uh, and I know he did a good job, but, um, when, when Paul was writing this in Colossians 3, he had all these, the wonderful thing about the Greek language is he had, he got all these words at his disposal. Really, to use around communicating this idea. And he used a very interesting word. And he used the word, when he's talking about gratitude, he, he used the word Eucharisto in the Greek, from which we get the word Eucharist, from which we get the idea of the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, which is sort of the penultimate, you know, idea of Christian worship. That all of worship really is, is, is embedded in it, is this idea that we we come with grateful hearts to worship this God because we no longer have to live under the tyranny of getting it right. God has gotten it right for us. And now we just, because we just came out of a series where we said in the series uh, right before this Come Alive that we believe that Christian discipleship and uh, our own em- emotional well-being and wholeness and and how our character grows are are two unifying ideas. So I don't want you to misunderstand that's that's true. But the central idea behind Christian worship is not uh, is the idea that we have been set free from the tyranny of due religion into the freedom of what Christ has done for us. Come on, someone should say amen. Ooh, <laughs> right. And this is the idea. I think I've shared before that when I was, when I was growing up and I shared this on our East campus, um, when I was growing up and had become a follower of Jesus, I was just kind of a, a beach boy. You know, I was just kind of hung out at the beach a lot. and Then Jesus started to mess with my brain and mess with my heart. And I, I began to fall in love with him. And and I began to get this idea in my own life about what it meant really to understand, you know, worship is this opportunity to go, man, thanks, Lord, you've set me free. Thanks, God, that, you know, I mean, you have purchased heaven for me because of your shed blood on the cross, not my inherent goodness, right? And I began to get an idea around that. And I, I had just when we moved over from Braden into West Palm Beach, I went to JC Penney and I bought a big old stereo. How many of y'all remember big old stereo systems? And I, I remember moving this into my bedroom, and my dad was like, my gosh, what is that? And I moved it in, and I would listen to Christian music, and I would play it super loud, and, and I would serve my self-communion. I know it sounds weird, but I would. I would do it because I was, it was like I was trying, I was trying to, as a young guy, like trying to get this concept, this idea, and this, the idea that what Paul is trying to get at here, there's a wonderful story in John chapter four. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's called the woman at the story, the woman at the well. How many remember that? And this is extra. Like this isn't even the sermon. We're not even to the sermon yet. I'm just giving you extra. This is some of you are looking at me weird. This is extra stuff. Okay. And, and in, in the story of the woman at the well, uh, this woman who had, you know, had some history on her in terms of her life. And she would show up in the afternoon to draw well, water from the well. She didn't want to go when all of the, you know, the good people. She would kind of go when the other people were there. And she shows up one afternoon and Jesus is there. Jesus will show up when you least expect him, by the way. And, and so she shows up, and Jesus is there, and they start having this conversation, and he calls, she calls out to him, and she says, you know, it's kind of funny, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. Jews don't really talk to Samaritans, and he starts having this idea to her about worship. And here's what I think is really cool, should give us all a, a great lift here, uh, that Jesus uh, tells this woman, she's the first woman, the first person in the New Testament, that he tells her he's God in human flesh. That he's actually the messiah so look at that 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 uh, that there's a message right there if you're a preacher there's a sermon in that and so he's talking to her about this and she thinks he's talking about worship and, and 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 in a way he is and she she says to him you know my my descendants worshiped on this mountain and he goes that's great but really worship's not a place it's a person and he begins to reveal himself to her, and she begins to understand who he is. And he says, you know, it's interesting. You talk about worship because he says, my father uh, wants worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's those kind of worshipers the father will seek. Now think what's embedded in that idea, that if we lose sight of where God is, this is what Paul's getting at, that we would stop. We would worship Jesus He'll come to find us. You see that? He's seeking people who worship him in spirit and truth. And so Paul is writing about this, and this is the interesting thing that he says. He says that it's a command, it's a practice, and that it becomes a disposition. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, joy and gratitude are the serious business of heaven. And um, this is an interesting thing. But here's what I want to say, and this is where we're going this morning. I don't think once we get the idea that it's a command and that it's a practice, it can become a disposition, I don't think that happens outside of our mind. I think our mind plays a very important role in this process. And so this morning, I want to take you to a place where Paul is literally talking about our minds and the importance of having the right kind of mind. And I want to read some words to you. These are very, in a way, familiar to us, but we know sometimes familiarity can breed what? Contempt. So let's try to hear this and what the Spirit of God would say to us this morning or this afternoon now in this. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every single situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, he says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. For whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. And he goes on and he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need for, I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. Look what he says here. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, for I can do this through him who gives me strength. Wow, let's take a look at this. Would you pray with me? Uh, God, would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, now come, and would you give us the capacity, Lord, whether we're streaming the service online when we're listen- or listening to podcasts later or in here and. Person, Would you give us the capacity, oh God, to to hear fresh things in your word, Uh, to not be the kinds of people who would easily dismiss words that we feel like we know? Because I believe, God, there's a word for all of us that's connected to the current seasons we find ourselves in. So come and do what only you can do, for we pray together in Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. So this is one of the most, I think, uh, quoted passages of Scripture, Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I know that um, for me, uh, as a a kind of B-grade athlete, you know, when I would... Play on teams that where the coach was a follower of Christ. I can remember growing up, and we would we would come up with a team verse. This was usually the team verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And uh, I always think I remember there. I, I was on a couple of teams that challenged the veracity of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to say. And uh, but what if what if Paul's really trying to have us understand something that is a little more involved. Uh, here's what I think It's interesting. Um, Paul's in prison. It's always something that's easy to say. Paul must be in prison. If you say that normally, you're right. He was maybe in prison. And uh, and historians believe that he was under house arrest in Rome, which would most likely not be the kind of house arrest we may uh, think of. And most likely when he wrote this letter, he was writing the letter to thank some friends who had given him uh, money for food so he could eat and he could live. And we now know it as the book of uh, Philippians, but it was a letter written to these people that, that you just see in even what I just read where he's just expressing you know, a kind of gratitude. And uh, in, embedded within this, uh, in, is, in his writing, he tells and both models for us a kind of joy That doesn't depend on external circumstances, but it's a joy that is rooted in Jesus Christ. And and he's teaching us how to connect our contentment and our gratitude to our Savior. And this is so powerful. And one of the things that I really think is really cool around this is he gets to the end of these words, into the heart of this passage, and he uses the word, Finally, so he said all these beautiful, lofty things, and then, then he just kind of goes, you know, like to summarize. Finally, here's what I want to do, and then he then he threads through this stuff that is some of the most well-read scriptures uh, in the entire Bible. And finally is a word that has connective tissue that always connects what he's about to say to what immediately pr- precedes it, and and as Paul welcomes us into this. He invites us into a deeper understanding around three things. It's kind of a challenge around three things. If we're going to understand how our mind is such an important part of our growing sense of gratitude, not connected to external circumstances, we're going to have to be challenged by the three things that I think Paul offers to us, and I want to give them to you. The first one is simply this. He He's trying to say this. He says, I believe, let your thoughts begin and end with God. Uh, and I see this in Philippians 4.8, and I want to commend it to you. What, notice what he says here. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever it is that is true, whatever it is that is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And what he's doing here, I want you to know, he's drawing a backstop against these other things we may think about. So while he's commending to us some stuff we should think about, he is is wanting to lower the the lights, if you will, and the volume on the things that we shouldn't think about. Do you notice what he's doing there, right? It's almost as though he's putting a, a tent stake in the ground and he's saying, these are your boundary markers. Stay right here. I remember years ago watching a movie, you know, um, a great date flick movie uh, 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 was the movie Hitch. I think Beth and I went to see it. How many of you remember the movie Hitch? Okay, great. You're, you're more culturally in tune than 9 o'clock. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. And, uh, there's this movie hitch and, you know, it's uh, Will Smith there and I think it's Kevin James is the other kind of major actor. And Will, Will Smith is trying to find, help Kevin James find the love of his life, you know, kind of a thing. And there's this one moment where he's going to go on this date, if you remember this. And, and Kevin James is dancing and he, and he dances like me, which is horrible. And, and, and so finally, um, You know, uh, Will Smith puts on some music. You remember that moment when he puts on the music and he's dancing with Kevin James and he says, man, you got to stay right here, man. You got, this is your box. You stay. Right? Come on, y'all. I worked hard on that. Come on. And it's like right here. Stay right. Stay right in here right now. When when I saw that movie with Beth, Beth goes, honey, stay right in here. You don't you don't need to wander anywhere outside of those lines, right? This is I think this is the idea that this is what the apostle Paul is saying to us. When it comes to your thoughts, your thoughts should stay right here. When I was growing up, my dad my dad had a wonderful I tried to carry this into my parenting with our girls. And I learned this from my dad. This was my dad's secret sauce. He had a way of institutionalizing th- things in our family that become that, be- that became kind of like the, the way we would do it. And I, I remember there was this moment when, when my older brother was about to retire from lawn work, and I was ascending into that role. <laughs> and I I, mean, I have such a vivid memory of this. And my dad took me into the garage, and he's like... This is the mower. And my dad taught me how to put gas in it. He taught me how to check the oil. He taught me how to do all this sort of stuff. And he said, This is now your responsibility. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I totally remember that. And then and then my dad, you know, he taught me like when you started, don't put your hand underneath it. Here's the catcher, this is how all this works. But I'll never forget that my dad did this. And he goes, Now, for one last time. <laughs> This is him institute for one last time I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the boundaries of our yard and I want you to always start there and you stay right there and it was really like my dad was going stay out of Mr. Jones' yard <laughs> This is what Paul is saying Hey finally 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 Whatever's good, honorable, right, pure, lovely, worthy of praise. Think on those things. And I I want to just say a word of confession, right? This is a year to, we should all do some finally, right? Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, tells an incredible moving story of a young man, young father, who lost his wife to cancer. And uh, they had a young son. And the young boy could not sleep any longer in the dark if if he didn't know his dad was there. And many of us know, you know, I mean, these are real stories, right? So many of us know you can put a face with a story like this, right? And there's this moment where Dallas tells a story about the father... Would chose as he's retraining his son that it's okay when the lights are out, uh, and he would get in bed with his son and he would sleep. And every every night for this season, the, the little boy would say to his dad, "He'd go when the lights were turned out. He'd go, Dad, are you there?" He'd say, "I'm here, son. I'm, I'm right here, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you." But his son would ask an additional question, and it was only after his dad answered the question would he drift off to sleep. And here was the question. He'd say, Dad, is your face turned toward me? And he wanted to know that his his dad, even in the darkness, had his eyes turned on him. And I don't know about you, but I've had some moments this year, right, when I've asked that of my heavenly father. I mean, you know, I mean, trying to figure this out, right? Trying to, you know, trying to lead you guys as I'm asking the Lord to lead me. It's complex. I wonder sometimes if King David was going through something in his life of similar idea when he wrote in Psalm 39. Listen how he writes this. He says, you know, Lord, where do I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence, Lord? I mean, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, God in heaven, even your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become as night around me. Lord, you say, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Don't we all feel that way sometimes? You know, Lord, is your face turned toward me? Do you see me? Paul the apostle saying, hey, guys, it's right here. Stay right here. Don't wander. I think another thing he's saying is not only that we would begin our thoughts and end our thoughts um, with God, but that we should even aim at higher and better thoughts. Where do you find that, Pastor Dale? I I see it in the first part of verse 9. Hey, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Now, I want to just stop right there and say, how many of us would feel comfortable enough about our own faith journey that we would commend it to another human being and say, hey, Just follow God like I'm following God. You'll be fine. (laughs) Anybody want to do that? It's a challenge, right? That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, you know, whatever, whatever it is you have learned or received or heard from me, hey, or even seen in me, just put that into practice. But he's telling us here that we can work on it. We can... Develop it. Our gratitude can grow. I was thinking about something this week. I, I, I thought I would share. When uh, our church was very young, we were still in rented facilities, and you know, we were we we're trying to put all the pieces together. We were figuring it out. And I remember you guys have heard me share before. I remember coming to Beth after our first year. I said, do you want to join? And she said, no, not this year. Maybe next year, but not not really this year. You know, and I can, I can remember, I can remember there was this woman who started attending her church and, and, and she would, I, I've always greeted. This is what's hard for me right now in the pandemic is really not to do that. But, you know, out of, I just want to be protective and a good pastor to you guys, but I've always greeted and I would greet after the service. She'd always go through the line and tell me something she didn't like. Every time. And then she started showing up on my calendar. And And when she'd show up on my calendar and, and, and she'd come into my office, she'd tell me two or three things that she didn't like. And then one day I was at Target and I saw her and I went down the other lane. <laughs> you, know, you know people like that? And I went home one afternoon. I was so frustrated. I had one of these meetings and I was just felt I already like, you know, when people are telling you what you already know about your, you know, and and I told my wife, I said, you know, you know what I really want to do? You know what I really want to say to her? And I could tell my wife was going, Uh don't do that. I said, I, I really want to tell her, you know what, I don't want you, don't tell anybody you're a Christian. And and if you tell them you're a Christian, tell them you go to another church. <laughs> and my I remember my wife going, Yeah, I don't think that's a great idea. I don't I don't think I would do that. And I, as the Lord is my witness, then the, I said that, and the next day I got up and I was, I was reading the Bible, doing my devotions, which you'd expect your pastor to do, and I felt like the Holy Spirit go, hey, I'd like to talk to you about that conversation yesterday. And I felt the Lord say to me, you're probably that person to somebody else. God. Okay, Lord, you know, and and, and the idea—I don't even know where was I going with that. Oh, I know where I was going with that. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> sorry. Listen, listen to this. Um, I was reading a book called "Hardwiring Happiness." There's a quote out of this book Kathy shared with me. She says this. Uh, he writes this. He—it's called "New Brain Science of Lasting Inner Strength and Peace." And he says, he writes, the brain has a negative bias. Interesting, right? Making it Velcro for bad experiences, but Teflon for good ones. We usually learn faster from pain than pleasure. Strong dislikes are acquired f- faster than strong likes. In relationships, trust is easy to lose and hard to regain. Something bad about a person is better remembered than something good. Listen to this, which is why negative ads dominate political campaigns. Whether between family members or nations, long-remembered grievances fuel long-running conflicts. One psychologist, Martin Seligman, writes this. He goes, embedded in every human soul is a word no or yes make it a yes we we have we have i think it's you know as a part-time theologian right i think it's it's the fallenness of our human nature that bends us toward negativity and I think what the apostle is really saying to us is this. We should aim at higher and better thoughts. And Paul says it in such a challenging yet beautiful way. Hey, whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've practiced in me, what if all of us said right now, we're going to put that in play and then we leave here. And we're going to go carry out of this place a different constitution because it matters. I mean some of us are about to sit down with I don't I mean I guess I say that. I was going to say we're going about to sit down with people at Thanksgiving. Are we? I don't know. What are we doing? I don't tell me. So my wife right now tell me what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. What am I wearing? Who's where's the mask? I mean like this is where we are right now. Right? Good gosh. Okay. One other one other thing. I think Paul is saying that your thoughts determine who you become. And I tell you what, the Lord the Lord gave me this this week, and it was a word for me. I pray it's a word for you. Look at verse 9. Look at all of verse 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, put it into practice. Now look at the rest of it, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Here's what I believe. I believe that Paul isn't saying this because God won't be with you if you won't do this. Brrr. Come on, use your brain. Is that what he's saying? Is that the kind of God we worship? Hey, if you're not doing this, pff, I'm not going to be with you. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. What? Here's what he's saying you won't notice he's with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Solomon was writing one time, y'all, and he says this, Proverbs 23, 7. Look at this verse. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yikes. As a woman thinks in her heart, So is she. I think I can do it. You're right. I think I can't do it. You're right. Gratitude. It's an attitude. Formed in a practice applying our mind to the promises he's given us one of the wonderful things from my vantage point is, as a pastor is to literally see people come into a fellowship in one state of mind and literally apply what we're talking about and everything about their life just suddenly starts to transform. It's the funnest thing. I was training a group of younger leaders one time stepping into ministry and they said, what what do you enjoy? You've been doing this a long time. One guy said that a little bit with a little bit more horsepower and I wanted him to say it like, you've been doing this a long time. What do you enjoy? And I, and I said, watching the lights come on. People, life can change. I mean, some of you came in here with a burden of heaviness, and God wants to give you a spirit of gratitude and change your life with it. I can't. You're right. I can. You're right. May we all be courageous enough to step into it. Jesus, I want to pray for all of my friends online and in this space. Uh, I'm so grateful uh, again, Lord, that we just see over and over and over again the, the, the wonderful promise that your power is made perfect in our weakness. And so really on this side of the human equation, on this side of the spiritual quest, when we come to you and say we can't, you go, that's where I can start doing my work, right there. Would you help us? We would confess to you, Lord, as a body that this has been a year, really, that doesn't in some ways feel like it has manufactured a lot of opportunities for gratitude, some ways and I think what you'd want to tell us by your Holy Spirit's power is that that isn't really where gratitude should come from anyway it should come from someplace deeper something more real and so God I pray that in this season when all of us are going to dutifully fall in line and carry out the cultural mandate to express gratitude God might we be able to do it from a little bit of a different spirit because we know something more about you and we know something more about how we relate to you that changes the whole equation. This we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that it might be so. In Jesus' precious name and everyone said, amen. I want to say before we close, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, what a great moment to say, Lord, not about... My goodness, it's about your goodness. To invite him into your heart, to forgive your sins. Live in your life, be your Lord and Savior. Great spot. We have people that would pray with you for that. Uh, And we also have people that pray with you if you have a need. Would Would you stand with me and let me offer a word of benediction. And now would you go in his grace, grace that you have received not having any connection to your goodness but simply because of his mercy that he loves you would you receive that grace over your life and that would you endeavor in this moment to step from this place to be a person who spreads abroad the fragrance of the knowledge of the son of God in every place you go by his power and his strength go in his peace Amen. We'll see you next weekend. Praise God.